<laughs> Christmas, the cutest Christmas. It's very cute. It's Baby Yoda. It's my Christmas jumper. Baby Yoda Christmas jumper. I like it. Oh, he's Baby Yoda in a bauble. Yeah, he's a bauble. And it says cutest Christmas ever. Aww. Very cute. I mean, he is cute. I went out and bought a Christmas jumper for the tennis Christmas party. Oh, brilliant. I love it. <laughs> Which is because of your tear and my tear, you're fully locked down. We can't go near you. I thought we've got to make it Christmassy. I know. I understand. I understand that you haven't. You don't do Christmas trees. Apparently, your Christmas jumper is a birthday jumper, and you do have a newborn baby. So I thought I would. I would bring the Christmas. Oh well, I I very much appreciate it. And what you've got little snow, snowflakes around it. I mean, it's not the Christmas Christmasiest Christmas jumper <laughs> I've ever seen. How is it not a Christmassy jumper? It's a bauble with Baby Yoda in it, surrounded by snowflakes. Yeah, but you can't really see the bauble that well. It's just Baby Yoda and a few snowflakes. Look, there's the the, the mm. top of the bauble. No, I mean, if you go Christmas jumper, you've got to go full Christmas jumper. You've got to have reindeers. You've got to have flashing lights. You've got to have it sing a song to you and all it's sorts. It's got Baby Yoda. It's very cute. I, I do I do enjoy it. This is about as Christmassy as I'm going to get in terms of jumpers. Okay, it's a step in the right direction. This is the first Christmas jumper I've ever bought myself. Wow, I mm. like it. Other people have bought them for me and I've been like, oh, that's that's amazing. Thank you. If, if only I find an opportunity to wear it. But I actually thought about our socially distanced Christmas party and I bought a jumper. Oh, I appreciate that. So I did nothing uh, for the <laughs> Christmas party. <laughs> what I did is I bought myself, which at the moment is an effort. So I'm here. So there's your <laughs> Christmas present. Happy Christmas. And, and let's... Say happy Christmas to everyone. People are listening to this at different times of the week, but it is Christmas week. So uh, happy Christmas to everyone. Just hope everyone's staying safe and well because it's uh, it continues to be this this crazy, uncertain year. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully people will be able to have a you know relatively nice time and uh, you know round off uh, this uh, car crash of a year, as it as it were. And, and 2021 will be better. It looks like it's going to be better but I'm making no calls at this time. We thought for the Christmas special, people have been actually getting in touch with us and telling us their highlights. And it's crazy. Isn't it crazy to think that the Australian Open, always at this time of the year, it feels a long time ago and we're normally getting ready to work on it or to go out to Melbourne to be part of it. But it feels so long ago, the Australian Open, we had the bushfires. Remember all the talk about the bushfires? Wow, yeah. And we were out then, players in qualifying were finding it difficult to breathe. And I remember I bought you um, a little teddy bear that was made out of 100% recycled plastic bags and all the money was going towards the bushfire relief fund. I mean, yes, that, that, the fox, dog, but then we found out it was a dingo. We found out it was a dingo, but that was, it feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, it, it almost feels like the Australian Open 2020 didn't happen and the last Australian yeah. Open was 2019. It was that long exactly. ago. It was, you know, there was Djokovic winning Australia and then Sophia Kennan. I mean, and maybe that's why we've talked in the past on pods that we feel that I know she was named player of the year, but she's been a little bit overlooked because it, it, it doesn't actually feel real that that took place this year. Well, but, it, but it, it, I agree with you, but it also feels like she's been around for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It feels like she's been at the top of the game for ages, like that she won a Grand Slam in 2019. I mean, I suppose she did kind of have her a big breakthrough in Ronald Garros 2019. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it, I mean, it's just bizarre, isn't it? I mean, to have no tournaments on, to be able to measure any time has been very, very difficult. And uh, if you can hear any grunting, that is because uh, my microphone is by my mouth, but it is also by the baby. 
So the <laughs> those it, are those it, noise. Once it, again, just like last week. But it, it's only right because a big part of, of 2020 is the birth of the little fella who I just call Roger. Yeah. Fair enough. It's not his name, but I just call Roger. Uh, it, a, a massive part of 2020 is the fact that he's now with us. This is a bright point of what has been for many a troubled year. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely been nice. And it's been, I've been quite fortunate because it kept me busy and occupied through lockdown. Of course, we had no work yeah. to do. Um, and it just gave me something to focus on. And I could just sort of walk the dog, look after myself, eat well, those sorts of things. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, it, it's, yeah, it's all worked out fairly, fairly well. Um, for us so yeah 2020 will be a memorable year for me for a number of reasons um but yeah he was born in lockdown well i remember early stages of the first lockdown you were doing those dodgy skull puzzles do you remember that oh yeah yeah i did a lot of puzzles at the beginning and you baked you started baking quite a lot and then you totally went off yeah stop the baking yeah well because i was eating baking that's difficult the pregnancy appetite with lots of time to bake became quite (laughs) difficult i fell out of love with with mints had a real problem with mints because I was just, oh, I just fell out of love oh, with it. Yeah, just, I remember. Oh, can you remember? Your just, desperate oh. pleas for recipes. <laughs> what do I do with beef mints? What do I do with it? I'm just doing, I just, the thing, and all these things, it feels quite surreal. It feels quite surreal that that was. It's such a strange, it's so strange, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it, yeah, every so often you just kind of think, wait, what's happening? This is, this is, yeah, quite an extraordinary thing. I'm sure this is going to be something that we are going to talk about for, you know, years and years generations right we're going to look back on how everything changed at this point so are we do you remember when we had the talk about the us open and when we knew it was going to happen would it have an asterisk have i said that right asterisk <laughs> no asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing that hasn't changed and you know i really did think about it before i said <laughs> it and you tried really hard there <laughs> yeah, asterisk and no ast- i don't think it does have an asterisk by it what what are you talking about the us open the us open yeah, no, that's but what you asking, I was then right? going to no, no, but then I was going to put it to the year. Does twenty twenty have? I'm not even going to say it, the word. Does twenty twenty have one by it? Just generally, well, do we have to? Oh, oh, right, just not not in tennis, but just just generally in life. Yeah, well, yeah, because anything that happened this so. year, but but then I think you put in the U.S. Open because anything that happened this year, not not the Australian Open that started the year because we weren't in the midst of a pandemic, but the tennis that took place during the pandemic, surely it's always going to have a little bit. Oh yes, but that happened during this, right? Well, yes, I think there there'll be an element of people will discuss it like that was the year when, but I don't think it's sort of a but that was the year when. If you saw what I mean. Do you not? No. How how can it not? Well, be? except for when we look at Wimbledon 2020, there will be an asterisk because it, well, didn't, it didn't happen. happen. <laughs> that that'll be a massive issue. But even the other tournaments, it was there were certain players who, who weren't there. There were there were lots of players missing. There were different circumstances. People reacted to lockdown differently, not having members of their team there, being in quarantine. I, I just I just don't know how we can't because things were so different and people reacted so differently to it. Yeah. I... I don't know, but you've got to you've got to deal with what's in front of you. It's like if the Australian Open is ridiculously hot one year, or if it's you know whatever it is, whatever the situation is. You know, French Open last year, twenty nineteen, how horrendous that weather was at the end of the tournament. It was yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. shocking. I mean, they were basically just rallying up and down the middle because it was so windy. You couldn't <laughs> do anything else. You just go yeah straight up and down the middle. It just looked like they were having a hit, knocking up. There are always things. Players are injured. Players are playing. Players are not playing. You know, 
I mean, it was a more disrupted year. Of course, I mean, it was entirely disrupted. It was pretty devastated for a large chunk of it. And as I say, Wimbledon not happening was was absolutely huge. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think we're going to look back and say when Dominic Team won his first Grand Slam. Oh, but remember. Oh, no, but hang on. That's got to have a an asterisk by it because of what Djokovic did. I mean, surely that... Well, that's different, though. But somehow I'm getting an asterisk. I can't even say it. I'm getting it into the US Open because that will be have one by it because of what happened to Djokovic against Pablo Carina Busta. Because surely if that hadn't happened, Djokovic was... Well, he was the overwhelming favourite to win that title. I don't know. Team could have beaten him in the final and do not count out PCB in that match. He was playing really well and he was actually <laughs> winning at the time. I think you're fine. So, yeah, no, I don't think that there should be an asterisk because by putting an asterisk, you are diminishing the result and you are diminishing I think what what people have achieved yeah. through this year and what people have achieved through this year has been extraordinary there have been other battles to face that you know it's been really difficult for people you know to be in the bubble or whatever it is to get around people have been nervous people have been stressed I mean we've heard a lot from the players about being stressed and that sort of thing so you know okay so didn't have to deal with Nadal being there but did have to deal with you know you know other elements as well and he's been ready to win a slam for a while he just hasn't quite got got over the line and i could totally have seen totally i could totally have foreseen a, a completely normal 2020 where dominic team won the us open that absolutely could have happened there, there was no, that's not a reach in any way he was He'd been knocking on the door at the French Open, but he had won Indian Wells, of course, last year. He had been playing really well on the hard courts. He was so, so close to them. It absolutely could have happened. Um, and I think quite a lot of people in our, you know, when we do picks at the beginning of the year, I think a lot of people thought that he might win the Slam and he might win the US Open. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's absolutely fine. No asterisk for me. It's just the way you say that word so casually and quickly. And I have to think of Well, I read the letters. <laughs> If you put the letters just, all together in order, there's no silent letters in there. Look, I come from a French family. We grew up with Asterix and Obelix. It was a big thing in our family. So did I. I went to the theme park. I, I told you. You did go to the theme park. I <laughs> st- hang on, where was the theme park? Just outside Paris. East of Paris, northeast Does it Paris. it still exist? I probably asked you this before. Yeah. Really? I can't yeah. believe... So you've actually been to the theme park. There's me saying I'm this massive fan. I'm not really a massive fan. It's great. I went on their Viking boat and everything's awesome. Of course you did. I just can't say... Yeah. I just can't say the other word, which is why I'm saying I'm a... Right. Right. Okay. So I'm going to move on for putting anything near this year or that tournament. We decided to do a few categories. Just come up with... And again, people get in touch with us. Our website, Twitter or Instagram. Agree with us or please disagree with us and give us keep giving us your own highlights so highlight of the year so if you had a number one highlight from the tennis world from 2020 what would it be for you oh wow um i'm gonna be i I didn't know which way to go with this because it was either when tennis started up again because for me that was it was not i don't want to say it was a surprise but it was impressive it was uh, yeah, I suppose slightly surprising that we were able to it do it. It was a surprise because you said there'd be no tennis for the rest of the year. Oh, yeah, well, it was a surprise to me. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what do I know? <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think, well, maybe I will go with that because I, I kind of settled, well, maybe I'll pick something at the beginning of the year. But yeah. actually, no, do you know what? I, I, I am going to I'm going to stick with what I was saying first in that when tennis started up again and the fact that we got that that 
chunk of the season. I can't believe we played three out of four Grand Slams this year. I can't believe it's only Wimbledon that that you know just wasn't able to go ahead um, in terms of the Slams. Of course, I mean lots of other huge tournaments didn't go go ahead. But the fact that we got up and running again, it worked. That it was successful. I mean, we were all worried about the fact that you know things would go wrong and we would have breakouts and and you know positive testing and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, we got lots of tennis, which was provided huge amounts of entertainment for fans at home who have had a rubbish year. And you know, I thought that was really important. And I was just, I, I don't think I've been happier. Not necessarily to be at work, but just happier that tennis is happening because, of course, we talk so much about how it's relentless, isn't it? It's it's all the time. And uh, the first tournament I worked on was Battle of the Brits, which was an exhibition event in the UK. Um, And Andy Murray was playing, and Dan Evans, and and uh, you know all of the British men were, were playing. And I, you know, I've commentated on exhibitions, you know, a fair few times as as you have. And and whilst they're exciting in their own way, it is it's a different feel to when it's a, a a slam for example you know there there are different levels of tension depending on the round and depending on the event and of course you know something like a grand slam final is the most tense and anticipated especially when you get the right players in that final so you know you do have that build up and exhibitions do fall sort of at the bottom of that pack i think in general it's the sort of the bottom of the list when it comes to tension and nerves because you know i get nerves before big matches as well you know even just commentating on it and i was so excited to commentate on those matches i was beside (laughs) myself it was (laughs) unbelievable i was doing it from my home from my spare bedroom (laughs) so so that was kind of new but yeah i just i was just so excited to play and then the brits were playing so well which was so exciting as well and and then yeah so for me the highlight is that tennis started again post first lockdown and i have to say being out at at Roland Garros and being part of that Grand Slam and seeing everything that went in to make it happen was incredible from the the mass testing that took place at the training facility nearby to everybody keeping their distance, keeping the masks on. They were allowed to have, I think it was a thousand fans in there. It already feels so long ago, but just to see how it came together and everything that people did to make it happen was, it was absolutely incredible. So I, I, Totally agree that for a highlight, I went for a person as my right. highlight of the year, and I went for Iga Schwiatek. Nice, not just because I can say her name, and that was a big thing in 2020. But her breakthrough at Roland Garros, she was so solid, she was so calm, she was so grand, she was so normal. Yeah, for someone so young, and remember, she also got to the semi-finals in the doubles. Yes, and didn't lose a set. In the singles, and she was didn't lose set the same, and she was devastated to lose that semi final in the doubles. Even though more people than not were saying, "Oh no, I think this is a good thing. I think this is a good thing. She needs to rest. You don't want anything to happen." She was devastated. She thought she'd let her partner down. She was devastated. She wasn't in the final, but she was just so normal, just going through the rounds, destroying quality opposition. Nothing. And I know there was a lot of talk, and she spoke a lot about working with a sports psychologist and someone who mentally wasn't she listening to Guns N' Roses every time she she walked out onto court it was just yeah I mean she's cool as well you know oh it was just and and this this love of this love of Nadal and it wasn't one of her on-court post-match interviews when she said is Nadal still playing it was the day when everything that was getting later is when we finished I think around two o'clock in the morning she's like isn't it she she left the microphone walked back and said, is Nadal still playing tonight? <laughs> and it was like, yes, he is. She's like, great. 
Um, I just, I thought everything about she is, she's a star, the way she handled it, the way she played, the way every match you thought, uh, will the nerves kick in? Will the, she's never been here before, will the, the opposition? But I just thought she was incredible. I, I really, I really thought she, for me, is a highlight. The fact she's broken through, the fact she won that title and the fact that it looks like she's not going anywhere anytime soon. Well, I think that's a good choice. Well, I can totally, yeah, totally back you up on that. I mean, she's awesome. I think that was, uh, yeah, a great highlight of the year for sure. Performance of the year. Do you have one? Do you want me to go with okay, this Okay, you go first this time. Performance of the year. It's actually a tour. It's a whole tournament. Ooh. Not the Andrea tour, is it? It's <laughs> yeah, the, the well Andrea tour. Guys. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't come into this. <laughs> um, it's it's Nadal. It's Nadal's Roland Garros twenty twenty tournament. Right. Has it been Nadal every year? It no, but it was silly. This year it was silly. We come into this tournament. It's cold and it's wet, and there are new balls, and everyone is. Early stages thinking, well, hang on a second. This feels like Djokovic 2016, you know, when the weather wasn't that great. And the way Djokovic was playing, we thought, well, hang on a second. And Nadal was saying he didn't feel that comfortable and he didn't feel that great. And I know he's of the more humble variety. So he's not going to sort of turn up at a press conference and say, hi, everybody, I'm going to win this. I'm not going to drop a set and it's going to be sensational because he, he, he doesn't do that. He will never do that. But He does it in his eyes, though, and everybody knows it. It's, he knows it. Everybody <laughs> else knows it. But, we all know what's going to happen. But do you think he realised, even in his eyes, even in his mind, even within his team, that he would do what he did in quite the fashion he did it at Roland Garros this year? I think that, well, I mean, look, who knows? But I imagine he was probably the most concerned going into Roland Garros than he has been in any other year. He just didn't get the preparation. He didn't play yeah. well in Rome. He hadn't played for months and months on end, of course. We had new balls, terrible conditions. We're playing in Paris in October. I mean, what on earth is going on? And it was cold. He it's was cold. fine. He was absolutely fine. Like, yeah, there were more challenges for him, but he was he was Nadal and he was fine because that's how much better he is than everybody else. And I, what I would say is that we did have a very tired Dominic team from winning the US Open. So that was quite a tough turnaround for him. And also they were, they were in the same half anyway, weren't they? But if you had had a Nadal team final or a Nadal team semi-final, maybe he would have been being pushed much further. Maybe he would have been beaten. But uh, as it stands, he has not. But okay, to take take team out of the equation, what do you then say about how he performed against the world number one in the final when he demolished him? Wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking? Oh, Nadal playing the world number one. I sorry, I thought we were talking about team playing the world number one. And I was thinking, when did this happen? <laughs> no, if we take no, if we take team oh, out right. of the equation. Sorry, Nadal playing the world number one in the final. Yeah, absolute destruction. Just like the Australian Open, wasn't it? When we were we were hyping that one up big time, and that was uh, Djokovic's backyard. Um, it, it's not quite the same level as Nadal in terms of Nadal on Chatrier versus um, uh, Djokovic um, at, at Melbourne Park, but. It is it's similar levels. I mean, Djokovic has won a lot there. And yeah, there was big, big hype, wasn't there? And then Djokovic thrashed him. And then Roland Garros, the other way around. I just think it's little things. Like he lost to Nadal. Diego Schwartzman 
in Rome. And that was a wonderful moment for Diego Schwartz and he was getting his first win over Raffendal, etc., etc. And that was what was in the quarterfinals. And I know that was Nadal just returning and conditions slightly different. But the thing about Nadal that continues to impress and has always impressed is he went away and he went away and you saw the fixes he'd made when he fade face Schwarzman at Roland Garros, you know, that taking the ball earlier and, and standing up. I mean, a couple of times I kept thinking, is he really standing that close to the baseline to return serve yeah. on Philippe Chatrier? You know, little things like that. He will he will make those changes. He will learn. He will continue to learn. And it's the way he adapted in conditions that he wasn't comfortable with. I mean, he kept saying in press conferences, it's really cold. I mean, the, the thing is, you saw this wonderful tennis winter wear of players and coaches I've never seen before because tennis is played in warm conditions or it's indoors when outdoors isn't good enough. But Nadal, I just, just the way he played and I've, I've, I just thought it was. I just thought it was astonishing the way he came out and he kept playing at the level he did, and then to do what he did to Djokovic in that final, when Djokovic was was trying to make up for what happened in the in the U.S. Open in terms of get those Grand Slams because that's what he is after records at the moment, and he'd missed out through his own fault at the U.S. Open to try and make amends at Roland Garros. Conditions suited him; they weren't necessarily suiting Nadal, but then the performance that Nadal pulled out so I, I could just say the final of Roland Garros 2020 was my performance of the year but I think I want to kind of give him give him the whole tournament because there were challenges for him from the very beginning it was spectacular wasn't it and it's just such an extraordinary thing just across all of sport and all of history of sport I think what Nadal is yeah. doing at Roland Garros uh, I think we're very privileged to sort of be a part of the sport being, being able to to witness it now my performance is almost yeah. similar actually it's the final of a Grand okay. Slam Possibly a whole performance of the whole Grand Slam. Can you guess? Are you going US Open? No, I'm not. Although that would also be very good. I, I was really struggling because because we did have some phenomenal performances. But no, it's not PCB going 6-5 up against Djokovic and getting him to forfeit. <laughs> <laughs> I like where you're I going thought, with that. And then I thought it's definitely not Team Zverev in the final of the US Open. I mean, that was memorable, <laughs> but I, I don't think it would come into performance of the year. No, uh, it's, of course, Sevilla Kenin. Australian Open yeah. final against Garbina Muguruza, who people forget was in the final of the Australian Open because she's been quite quiet for a while. You know, she yeah. played a phenomenal tournament there and she was playing really, really well. She looked the business in Rome. I thought she was going to break through. Well, not break through. She's already won Roland Garros before. It's, it wouldn't be new. But, you know, I thought she was going to really surprise people through Roland Garros and, and she did play very, very well. Um, just didn't quite get over the line. Again, you know, if you just haven't quite done enough winning, I think that just maybe a bit of an issue for her. But she's had some really great performances. If we'd have had a full 2020, how Muguruza would have performed. But no, she's not my performance of the year. Uh, <laughs> even though I just raved about her for two minutes. Um, no, it's it's Sophia Kenin. Uh, that final was just fabulous because through the tournament, she had just been cranking it up round by round. You know how she does. And we talked a lot about her on last week's pod and I find her such a fascinating person to really sort of get stuck into and fascinating player in terms of her game but she was just cranking it up round after round after round and then she, her performances through the quarterfinals semifinals were amazing and then when she got to the final you're thinking okay she's playing Magrutha here she's won Grand Slams before it's the first Grand Slam final she can't she, she's going to need to take it up another notch but she can't and oh my god she did and she did <laughs> and she did I mean it was phenomenal and then there were times where it looked like she was going to lose it was of course an incredibly tight match and 
for me, it was the best showcase of what Sophia Kennan is all about. It was just about her, her attitude, her will to win, her competitiveness was absolutely phenomenal. Her down the line shots were just off the scale because for me, that's what she's absolutely the best at is taking that ball down the line from the corners. And that's something very, very effective against Magarutha. So that did work out nicely for her in terms of a matchup. But I, yeah, just, oh, I, I just, I loved it. I absolutely loved everything about it i love the fact that people can't get a grip of her i love the the fact that people can't necessarily warm to her right away you've got to think about it because she she is a very nice person but it's still tough to sort of get in there um and you know I, i i'm a massive fan of the fact that she is now a top 10 player a grand slam champion and i think she just shows a lot as well that you don't have to get so hung up on technique and necessarily physicality and all of these things that we we obsess over. We spend hours and hours perfecting things, changing an elbow angle by a degree. What about this bit of spin here, there and whatever? Changing your strings and your racket. Do you know what? Go on court and compete like Sophia Kennan (laughs) and you will go places. It's funny, isn't it? We talked at the beginning of the pod how it doesn't feel like Australia 2020 happened because it was it feels like a different year and so when you said oh can you guess where my highlights from I wasn't even thinking about Australia because I didn't put it in the yeah (laughs) I didn't I didn't put it in this year at all and again when you talked about Muguruza you know when people say X won this final X won that final and you can remember who they faced I always forget who she beat that's terrible isn't it but like you said it everyone forgets the losers that's the, that's the trouble. No, but 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 they don't always like. You'll never forget that Zverev lost to team in in the U.S. Open final. I don't know. I might. In 2020. <laughs> I it might be a match. We we might want to to forget. But there's. I don't know. I just Muguruza. I kept and I think it was something I was reading the other day. And I said it reminded me that she was in the final in Australia. It's crazy, isn't it? Well, no, but I think also because she just didn't have good form before that. Yeah, but that's Maruthas' yeah. thing, isn't it? Not having any form and then just winning a slam out of nowhere. Um, but, you know, she, she had some really good runs through 2020. 2020? 20- <laughs> <laughs> Feels like oh, that's dear. been going on a long... It's been going on a long time. Oh, dear. <laughs> also, yeah, so Maruthas also coming out of that match is, is, a, is a positive as well. Um but yeah, it yeah, just feel like a lifetime ago. But for me, that was the performance that yeah, I love the most. I just remember we spoke about this time that I was lucky enough to, I was at the Five Live to speak to Sophia Kennan a couple of times when she made it through to the final and then ahead of the final. And while on court, you see this kind of stomping, stamping, slightly terrifying person, if we're honest. Although that, that for me has softened through the year. Off court, when I interviewed her, She's a young girl. She was a young girl sort of giggling about going to Cartier. Although a young girl in Cartier doesn't sound right, does it? But she has the money to go to Cartier. A millionaire, but a young just millionaire a young, girl. But she was she was a young, giggling girl. Just very young, very normal. And people say, you know, oh, what will you spend the money on? Because that is a normal question. You're, you're a young girl, you've worked hard and suddenly whether you win this final or not, you're going to be given a, a hefty check. And she talked about Carter. She said, I've loved it and I've always wanted to go there and that's where I'd like to go, et cetera, et cetera. And you, you spoke to her and she was just a sweet, shy, very polite young girl. And that can't be said for all the players, male and female, but she was super polite. She was very sweet. And look, she's, of course, very driven. She has wanted this for so long. And we've talked before about everyone said, no, it's not going to be her. It's not going to be her. And she was like, you know what? It is going to be me. And it is her, but 
I just, it was really nice to, I, I can't say I got to know her. I only interviewed her two or three times, but to see the other side of her. So, so I think when I do see the stomping around the court, while it makes me smile, I also remember the person that I interviewed at Melbourne Park back in January. And she was just, she was just a sweet, young, giggling girl. Everyone's like, oh, she giggles a lot. I'm like, she's a teenager. She's a young girl who is going through something completely extraordinary. And uh, I, I'm a big fan and I like her character and I like the fact she's going to bring that a little bit like Andreescu to the tennis court. Excellent. What's next? Next player or players of the year. Now, as voted for the WTA player of the year was Sophia Kennan, the ATP player of the year was Novak Djokovic. Now, you might have one of those or you might have a different one. Oh, Player of the year, I think, well, I kind of, it's very difficult to go away from, from Djokovic, isn't it, really, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, he didn't win either the US Open or the French, and of course the situation at the US Open was not very good, but I think he dealt with it fairly well. I know people had an issue with the fact that he didn't deal with it straight away, but I think in terms of what he then said in the coming weeks, he was kind of fine with it. Um in terms of his response and yeah I'm just gonna have to go with Djokovic look I don't have masses to talk about with it he's world number one he thoroughly deserves it but um yeah I just think overall because I think you know we've done performance and we've done highlight and I think player of the year for me is somebody it's the consistency through the year and I know we had that big chunk out in the middle but in terms of what has been played so it has to be him he as you touched on, had a lot going on off the court that really wasn't very good image-wise, especially during that first lockdown, and probably rubbed off to his tennis. But I agree with what you, you cannot go against what he did on the tennis court in terms of consistency and, and what could have been if it hadn't all unraveled as spectacularly as it did at the US Open. Maybe everything in terms of off the court, maybe that's something that in a few years' time, when we're finally having this GOAT discussion, when they are finally all retired, that might come into it. And I think it will come into it, will it? I don't know, for me, possibly, quite possibly. But if we're talking about player of the year, and when you say player of the year, you mean tennis player of the year, i.e. they were playing tennis and how well they did, then I think it has to be Djokovic. But I also think that a close second has to be Dominic Team. And I know I've already said, is there a question mark over the US Open? And if he'd faced Djokovic in the final, would he have won? I don't believe he would have done. But in terms of the strides he has been making, the progression he has been making, I think I think Dominic Team is doing some incredible stuff on, on a tennis court. So if, I don't know, can we give out like a highly commended? Yeah, runner-up. Then he'd be sort of a runner-up highly commended for me but but I agree with you Djokovic look he's a he's a single-minded fella and I know we've got some grief in the past from Djokovic fans thinking we don't give him enough love and we're being too negative towards him and he does bring a whole heap of stuff there's also the PTPA I don't even know what's happening with that but that's something that he decided that was going to happen and was brought out the US Open but with all that aside I've said this to you before and I've said it to a lot of people if I had to pick a tennis player to play a set of tennis for my life, which is quite dramatic and quite drastic, then I would pick Djokovic. I, I wouldn't even need... I think it's a good choice. I wouldn't even need to think about it. I would... Everyone said, but what about Rafa? No, it would... For me, this, it's the drive, the single-mindedness, the everything he's come through to get where he's got to, what he wants to achieve, that that I I would think that it would... Yeah, the player of the year would, for me, have to be Djokovic as a 
as a tennis player. Right, this one. Dis- we don't agree with that much. This is this is this is going quite well so far. We've kind of agreed with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, disappointment of the year. Now you can put this in any kind of form. Someone that disappointed you, or something that was disappointing because it didn't happen for a certain player, or it can be any, as it were, any kind of of disappointment. Oh, disappointment of the year. That's quite tough. You go first. <laughs> okay my first is david goffer oh um yeah. it's just i know it's just it was just a disappointing year for goffer and it culminated in him getting covid towards the end and he's come through that and he was due to get married this year and and that didn't happen the pandemic getting in the way and he split with his coach at the end of the season and so someone who i have a soft spot for just disappointing but the other one and this is a case of i'm not disappointed in the person but I'm disappointed in what they didn't achieve. And it's Serena Williams. And I know I've said I don't think she will anyway, but it was disappointing for her that she wasn't able to equal the Grand Slam record in a couple of opportunities she had. Yeah. Which one are you picking though? Can I not have both? One's, one's a kind of heart, one's a head. It's Christmas and I'm wearing a Christmas jumper. Okay, fine. <laughs> you can have both. You just had, a, you had two on the last one as well. Did I? Yeah. No, I didn't. I had a, I had a highly Jean-Tine. commended. That's that's not. That's not. I had a highly commended. Okay, right. So these are joint. That's not. These are joint. That's fine. This joint sort of. For, okay, Serena Williams. There, there you go. If you if if I had to have one, it would be disappointed for her that in those couple of opportunities she wasn't able to equal the record because, as it does with all of us, age, time starts to catch up with us. I'm. <laughs> going to go for somebody you probably won't expect actually and I'm going to say Carolina Pliskova. Okay. And I and the reason is that I think for probably about 4 years or so, you know, since she's been at the top of the game and you know she's of course been world number 1. I just I've wanted it to all come together in terms of winning a slam. And I know she's reached the slam final, but it just in general, things haven't come together for her in slams particularly well. When you look at Wimbledon performances, those sorts of things where you really feel like she could have pushed through, especially in those years when uh, straight after Serena was on maternity leave, or whilst Serena was on maternity leave, um, you know, those years was really, she was at her peak, things were up for grabs. It really felt like she could come through and win a slam. And I'm disappointed that she hasn't. And I'm disappointed with her performances this year, really. I think um, she has been pretty open with how she struggled post-lockdown in terms of when she was at the US Open. She just didn't feel comfortable. Everything was, was, was not great for her. So I'm not really holding that against her. It's more... I kind of have a sense that the Pliskova time has passed in terms of her chances to win a Grand Slam. We've now got these new phenomenal players up at the top of the game that are winning these slams. And there's every year there are more and more of them. She's getting squeezed out and it just, you know, I'm disappointed because I love her. I love her game style. I, you know, I love what she brings to the game. I think that she is a really fantastic role model as well for young girls everywhere because she just doesn't care what anybody thinks at any time. She's going to do what she wants and bosh the ball around. And she's a bit kind of like, meh, she's not really fast. She's not into drama. She just goes out and play tennis and she's pretty cool. So yeah, I kind of just wanted her to take that next step, but I, so I'm disappointed at the moment because as I say, I feel like it's come to an end, but I also recognize that at the end of her career oh, hello that's the baby i also <laughs> realize that at the end of her career i'm probably gonna again 
Oh, he agrees with everything I say at the moment. It's lovely. Apparently um, so. <laughs> I think at the end of her career, when looking back on everything, I'm probably going to look a lot more favourably and think, do you know what? She was number one in the world. I don't think anybody would have said that she would achieve that when she was ranked at about 50, for example, she was on her way up. So she has had, uh, you know, she has been having a fantastic career. It's not over yet. But it just feels like she's not really in the mix anymore and I'm disappointed. What about the appointment of Sasha Bain as her coach? He has taken players to Grand Slam titles. He's worked with some big, big names. He's got an awful lot of experience. Could that be what she needs to cross over the Grand Slam finish line? Maybe, yeah, maybe. But as I say, like, I mean, if we start listing, if you, if I said to you to list five players who you think are in the mix to win Australian Open, I'd be very surprised if you put Pliskova in there. Yeah, um, There true. are so many players. It's And I know that the women's game has been pretty open. Uh, yeah, having Sasha Bayin on board, that could work. And, and of course, the thing with the Pliskova game is that you just don't know because if it all comes together, it's just, it's phenomenal. So you, you just don't know that. But as I say, you know, we've had quite a few years of her being in the mix, especially when it comes to something like Wimbledon. Um, and I just, I don't think she's in my mix anymore. And it's disappointing. But what it's good to see with the appointment of Bain is she's still investing and she's still trying. Because she has oh, yeah. achieved, she's achieved so much and she's done some great things. But investing in herself, investing in that coach shows that she still has that hunger and she has that desire. She's not satisfied and she wants to go further, which I think is always nice to see when you see players making appointments like that. Now, finally, on our Christmas edition, the ATP put out a tweet. It was a multiple choice tweet. You had eight options. You could only pick one. So one of these things could happen. So if you're ready for this, number one, have a hit with your favorite player. Uh-huh. So that for you would be Pablo Crena Buster. That'd be a big thing for you. <laughs> Number Maybe. two, Roger Federer wins another Grand Slam. Uh, a lot of people will be picking that. Number three, Andy Murray returns to the ATP top 10. Another popular choice, I'm sure. Number four, a brand new number one in the rankings. I think Djokovic might have got that Ooh, sewn up for a while. Okay. So. Number five, Del Potro returns to the tour. Yeah, nice, like it. Number six, big three win all four Grand Slams. Right. Number seven, big three win none of the Grand Slams. And mm. number eight, you bring back your favourite retired player. You can only Ooh. have... And people do get in touch with us. Let us know which one you would pick. So which one of those eight are you going for? Oh, they're all so good. Yeah. The retired player, now that's thrown me because I thought I knew what I was going to say and it was obviously going to be Del Potro. Um retired no, I, I can't I can't veer away from Del Potro I want him back I'm angry he's not back I'm outraged at the situation I'm devastated for him I want him back in 2021 please can I push that button you can push that button and you know interestingly for me when I first read it I thought it was difficult when I read it again Del Potro jumped out he leapt out of those choices we all want Del Potro to make a return to the tour so you know what the wonderful thing is here the end of 2020 our christmas pod we've agreed we've agreed on the final yes, thing on lots of them you see we've agreed on loads of this and then we agreed Aww. on del potro if anyone listening has got a different one then do let us know but we just wanted to we just wanted to be with everyone christmas week and and look back at a a few of our our highlights because it's been it's been a crazy crazy year but uh we've made it pretty much to the end and there have been some bright points in it and I think, I don't know, Naomi, I think you'd agree that it's it's been another good year of podding and we're looking forward to more. 
and uh, we just wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I absolutely love doing the pod and, you know, the listeners make it. The feedback from the listeners has been fantastic and, you know, we hope that you guys enjoy it as much as we do. So, um, yeah, I hope you have a happy Christmas. We know it's been a rubbish year and, and uh, you know, fingers crossed we've given you a little bit of, of light and positivity through it and uh, bring on 2021. Yeah, thank you so much to everybody for listening. Keep getting in touch with us and we'll be back with more pods in the new year. 